Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. Dean, uh, we're back again with another Tech Bites Yes, episode. sir. Back For anybody unfamiliar with uh, the concept here, this is where we get to yep. spend a little time deep diving into some mm-hmm. stories around science, technology, mm-hmm. business, innovation, yep. just some mm-hmm. some stuff that we feel like we want to talk a little bit more about than just our normal like tech connecting segments. That's right. Get a little bit of a deeper dive into That's right. it. Ideally, maybe provide you with some some talking points. and Water some, cooler. I'm going to go back to exactly, the water cooler. The water cooler. Or, you know, we got family events. People are getting back together now you need topics to talk about that's right so we're going to help you out we're going to give you some of the high level ones that are kind of tickling our fancy i guess right we're going to talk a little bit about shady harvard professors today (laughs) we're going to talk about innovative companies artificial intelligence yep uh, remote work, the global minimum tax, uh, and the Wendyverse. Which, uh, which is, uh, we should have put that one at the very top. I'm so curious as to uh, what your take is on that. Yeah, yeah okay. we'll, we'll get to that. So uh, all that plus <laughs> our usual, what's Tech Connected with us? It's time to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. All right, Dean. Let's let's get right into it, man. Yeah, we we yep. threw some some stories by each other here, yes. things that we wanted to talk about. Yes, uh, I'll let you tee up the first one here yes. about, a, about a Harvard professor. Well, so yeah, this is a Harvard professor, uh, and he got caught basically. But it's really the story to me opened up this Pandora's box that I had no idea right. existed. So let me before we get to the Harvard professor that really was just kind of again the tip of the iceberg right, for right, me. Right. Right. It's 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 what he was what the program that he was involved in. So the thousand talents plan. I'd never heard of this before. I had never this. heard of this before as well. So okay. So but you're let's just, be honest, we're we're not really probably being recruited <laughs> for this either. So we are not a part of the thousand talents plan. No, my friend, we are not. So what is it? Uh, the Chinese co- uh, you know Communist Party developed a thousand talents plan to lure top scientific talent with the goal of making China the world's leader in science and technology by 2050. Right. Right. So they use this you know, again this 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 plan I guess is is what you would call it to recruit fo- folks and they've done a really really good job. Mm-hmm. I thought I think I saw the number somewhere it was like they have since 2008 they've recruited some 60,000 professionals. Yeah, there it is between 2008 and 2016. So what are they doing here? Well, they're, they're, it's it's the program again attracts these scientists and engineers from overseas, people that they don't have, right? Mm-hmm. Um and the whole idea here is that when they do research or those types of things, they are tapped into the intellectual property and they can garner that right. so that they can, you know, obviously advance their technologies and stuff like that. Now, same sign of kind of innocuous, maybe not such a bad thing. Right. Yes, it does go on in the sense that universities are, are out there recruiting, you right, know, right. battling for talent, you know, which is basically what this comes down to. But the issue here and the, what the issue was with this particular nanoscientist, whose, whose name is uh, Charles Lieber, uh, who is basically one of the top chemists in the world uh, right now, he's charged And with, apparently a nanotech guy, too. Yes, nanoscientist. That's exactly right. He was charged with concealing funding from Chinese governments and lying to American agencies about his alleged ties to China's 
thousand mm-hmm. talents plant. So here's the issue is that now, you know, not only did, well, I didn't know this existed, but actually I'm going to quote Rose McKinney, who's the chief science scientific officer uh, at the Association of Medical Colleges, when she wrote, the fact that the Chinese government recruited faculty, then told them to lie to their U.S. employers and the federal government is problematic because it raises suspicions around anyone with collaboration with mm-hmm. China. So, you know, China is just, you know, it's this thing we're trying to figure out. They are they are being very uber aggressive in going after economies and how they're attacking it. Everybody knows they want to be the world's leader by 2050. What does it mean to have a communist party being the world's <laughs> technology leader right, by right. 2050? Didn't know that they had this program out there that is, you know, uh, that is re- recruiting this talent. One thing before I open it up here that where it has manifested itself to me was was another key thing. I'm like, oh, whoa, check this out. International patents. So patents are a way that obviously companies can protect themselves with Mm. the investment that they make in technologies. You know, you hear a lot about them in pharmaceuticals, but patents are everywhere, right? So back in 2010, China was registering on average around 11,000 international patents. The U.S. was in the 45,000 range. So in the last 12 years, that has shrunk and now they've eclipsed us and and how many international patents they're registering by year so there's the equation right they've tapped into this talent they're using the talent to get innovative patents they're registering the patents to become world dominant by 2050 i'm like dang you know this is deep this is this (laughs) this is like this is everywhere this is not just you know the because i can remember going back going to trade shows and stuff like that we've discussed this where you would have, you know, uh, folks walking around for the express purpose of getting product and then taking it back and unengineering it or reverse engineering right, how right. it worked uh, so that they could build other models and right. stuff like that. So it's just like, I don't know, man. It, you know, it's uh, it just taps into this whole thing that, wow, this is really, really, yeah, yeah, really nefarious. Really, I don't know what the right it's, word it's very is. Complicated because <laughs> very to your point, you know, there's. Uh, it's not unheard of. I mean, we did it after World War II. We right. grabbed every German scientist that That's we right. could find and brought yeah. them over here and yeah, yeah, yeah. tapped into all their knowledge and what sure. they had done. Sure. And, and and yeah, to your point, like, you know, that kind of exchange and like grabbing people that, you know, you think can help you and your country out is not unheard of. But then, yeah, because I remember thinking that too when I was reading this article. I'm like, okay, I, I, I you know, like, obviously what he's doing is, you know, was shady and the fact that he wasn't reporting stuff, but I wasn't quite sure where the real issue was. And then you get into stuff where you find out that like some of our Department of Defense, Yes. NIH yes. was funding his research. That's right. Which then he is basically kind of, you know, handing over and selling that's potentially it. and selling himself eventually to the Chinese government to, you know, give that over to him. And that's where obviously it starts getting like, okay, well, you know, we we were helping him fund his research for him to go take it elsewhere. That's problematic, obviously. Yes. Yes. But I do think it's interesting that we, we're in this weird space with China right now where it's not like, you know, I, I think back to like the Cold War with Russia, and obviously Russia's on everyone's minds again right now, too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like that was a whole different thing. I felt like that thing. was that was a whole like just trying to prevent, you know, these nuclear superpowers Absolutely. from literally blowing up the world kind That's of right. thing. Right. Whereas so, this now has become Because this, technologically, if I could uh, step in, we it kind of seemed like we were on even pars, right? I mean, they, yeah. they got astronauts up in the, you know, in space. And right, right. It, it seemed like they were on par there. Well, maybe not in the late 80s, 90s. Go, keep going. But, but yeah. But yeah, yeah, but then now, but like this whole thing with China feels like 
it's 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 a whole different weird thing because I feel like we've been very reliant on China for yes. a very long time yes. for a lot of stuff and still are in a lot of oh, ways. Oh, we're very intertwined. And yet, but yet we also now are in this kind of and it, and you know, and some of it's been like a political thing over the last decade or so mm-hmm. where we've kind of really, you know, started making this issue out of like do we want, you know, to mm-hmm. let them have the kind of power that they're trying to gain even though mm-hmm. we kind of fed into a lot of it for yeah. for yeah. so long. I don't know. It's It is weird. It's a it's a but, very complicated issue. What I'm learning about the we that fed into it is really the elites of, well, of, of, of our society, right? The people that can profit off of these right, types. Yeah, it's not exactly. you and I. No, no, <laughs> I not mean, at all. We profit from it in the sense that we can get, I guess, our, our, our McDonald's, whatever, kids meal <laughs> right. toy for whatever, which I, I can do without, you know. I, yeah, that's yeah. just me. But but anyway, yeah, it's, it's, it is really fascinating. Again, it goes back to the fa- sense of, you know, a communist government and, and what is that, how is that going to manifest itself uh, it's just it's just one more n- notch in the overall commentary right, on right. where we are, where China is, what this relationship is starting to look like, and and quite frankly, I mean, if you ask me, with kind of the meltdown of Russia and what's kind of going on right now, I mean, it's becoming very clear to me it's going to be a two horse race here, West yeah. and China, yep. right? Yep. Basically, yep, that's uh, where it's going to be. So anyway, there's the th- thousands talent plan out there. Uh, they snabbed one of our top <laughs> chemists, <laughs> and paid him enough to lie about it, and now he's, I don't know, he's going to spend some time in jail. Yeah. Although he's a pretty old guy. And, yeah, you know, he's I got some he health problems. He's got cancer, too. Yeah, yeah so, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's unfortunate. Yeah, but that's out there, man. It's out there. Yeah, so, Anyway, is. but that's leading to innovation. You got a list? Well, yes. Yeah, so Fast Company put out a list of the, uh, the world's most innovative companies of 2022. Mm-hmm. And what I found most interesting about this, I'm not going to run through this whole list, obviously, you know, and of course, as always, um, our show notes for the episode will have links to all the stuff that we're talking about, all the articles. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, there is a link to the Podbean uh, landing page to get all the hyperlinks because YouTube doesn't let us put all those hyperlinks in there. So so check those out if you want to actually read along and, and check out some of these articles. So this is the the 100 most innovative companies, or the world's most innovative companies for 2022. But what I thought was fascinating is seven of the top 10, in fact, the first seven of the top 10 the innovation portion of it, and the reason why they were singling them out, mm-hmm. all had to do with climate change initiatives. And really? I thought, and I thought that was a, a an interesting kind of like a realization of like, you know, I, I, maybe their way of saying like, look, right now to be an innovative company is tackling this whole climate change thing head hmm, on. Interesting. So like they have like the number one is is Stripe, which is says for kickstarting the the carbon removal industry. Now Stripe is actually a payments. Yeah, company. we use Stripe. Do we? Okay, I didn't know if we did or not. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, we use it for like registrations and stuff like that. But yeah, we okay, okay. So they're a payments company, but apparently they're putting a lot of effort into into carbon removal and this understanding that like you know it's it's not enough for us to just simply at this point try to cut down on our emissions, mm-hmm. but that we're actually going to have to figure out how to pull carbon reverse. out of, of the atmosphere and mm-hmm. reverse some of the damage that we've done. And apparently they're putting a lot of initiatives behind that and a lot of and a lot of their profits are going into into those initiatives. Interesting. And then you've got ones like number two is this company called Sol and I'll be honest, I had heard of almost very None few of these. these I mean I'm looking at the list I'm until, like, I until don't you know get to like Microsoft and SpaceX, you know <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Sologen uh, devising emissions free way to turn sugar into industrial chemicals. Twelve for turning the tide on petrochemicals. Uh, block power for tackling climate change by giving every homeowner the opportunity to electrify. Well, all right. So there, there's, yeah, okay. Yeah, yep, so yep, I mean, yep, a yep. lot of stuff, climate trace, uh, watershed. So it's interesting list. And then, yeah, the first one that you get to that's not climate related specifically and is a company you may be familiar with is Microsoft, 
which basically there it's for humanizing productivity and basically, you know, how the, you know, the, the world of zoom, you know, how everything mm-hmm. took off in the last, you know, um, you know, two couple of years or so as everyone's had to work from home and figure out new ways to, to stay connected to, to work and to be productive. Um, you know, they talked about SpaceX as for building a rocket that just runs, uh, so, you know, it's an interesting list and you get and you do dive through it and you get some more, you know, that people are fairly familiar with, like AB InBev, um, basically for kind of, you know, pr- promoting and propping up uh, local breweries, mm-hmm. uh, Fanatics um, for you know, the, the sports company who I was not aware apparently has bought into most of the sports trading card world has they 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 acquired tops. Oh, yes, I had official, heard about that. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they're like the official trading card rights for MLB, for NFL Players Association, and the NBA. So there's huge, you know, um, step they've taken there. And as someone who was a an avid baseball card uh, mm-hmm, collector mm-hmm, back in the mm-hmm, early 90s mm-hmm, or so, it, mm-hmm. I found that kind of interesting. So it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating list. There's just there's a lot of interesting stuff here, a lot of interesting companies. Um, they mentioned Warner Media at one point, and basically, why are whole they ex- innovative? Well, it's their experiment they did last year with releasing all of their new releases straight to HBO gotcha. Max for the entire year last mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm. And now this year, they're not doing that anymore. Where it's straight to HBO Max, but it's it's a shorter forty five day window. So a movie of theirs will come out in the theater, and forty five days later, it's being released on HBO Max. And people were like, "Oh, this is." unacceptable you're going to destroy theaters you're going to cause all these problems and in fact it's actually not been a bad thing they've mm-hmm. they've had a couple films that even though they were direct to hbo max and had a theatrical release as well still did it very well in theaters and it's not you know I, they're kind of changing the model basically of how we you know consume, consume entertainment, that right? stuff yeah yeah yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Know, and the theatrical release stuff so interesting list i highly recommend checking it out there's you know deep dives into each of these companies where you can kind of learn a little bit more Get a little more info about each one of them, but did anything stand out to you? Is there any of these you looked at? So well, I looked at one shipper. Uh, it's kind of lower on the list, but it's yep. it's a little bit in our world. It's Indonesia. I guess they're an Indonesian company that is a logistics network, mm-hmm. uh, and they're tackling, they're addressing the problem, if you will, of trying to uh, to bring e-commerce market uh, a little bit more economically uh, right. to to that area. And they've grown a lot. They've got 220 fulfillment centers now uh, across 35 cities in Indonesia, um, whereas they used to have a customer base of like 2,700. They're more than 20,000 online sellers today. So uh, it's just unique. And and what they do is they uh, build technology that helps third-party logistics firms manage orders and optimize their shipping routes. So you know that that's that's in our world, right? Yep. Uh, it, it's so it's good to see that you know I, we live in this world and we think it's very innovative, right? What, right. what the heck is going on? And you know, as it relates to uh, human capital and, and and those types of things. So uh, I was at least comforted a little bit to see some of our world make the cr- crack the top fifty at yeah, least yeah. A, a, of innovation that is out there. Definitely. Um, Shopify, which is a, another mm-hmm. one of those uh, that uh, you know, great uh, customer of ours as well. It's good to see them. We think they're very innovative. Uh, yeah, in what I, they do. I like that one because they were talking about um, that they became the first commerce platform to bring native shopping to TikTok. Because mm-hmm. basically, the, the 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 reason why fast companies call them out as innovative is because they were bridging social media and sales. Yes, where it's like, sure, there's a sales component, you know, about all this, and that's what they do, but. 
understanding that social media can be a, a massive marketing and sales platform as well. Absolutely. How do you take advantage of all these influencers? Yeah, well, so exactly. you can buy right there. Yep. yep. Exactly. And yep. I've seen, you know, I, 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 I'm on TikTok. I don't record anything there, but I do enjoy the videos. And you will see quite often somebody will do a little promo for something, you know, and either an intentional or unintentional one. And there'll be a little link where you can click. And if you want it to go, buy something directly, you could. Yeah, so I thought you were going to dive into how they came up with their number. No? I, do we even know? This is just like their opinion, right? I, I this think is it fast is, yeah. Company's I, opinion. I, I didn't really see any kind of... There's like know, no qualitative or no, I wouldn't even know how you would quantify how, I, how a company's being innovative. Yeah, it's kind of hard on to say. Yeah. patents or is it on... I don't know, you know? Uh, funding that they're getting and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, they don't... The only thing I re or referred to is that, you know, they, they refer to as businesses featuring inspired stories across a wide range of industries. Oh, so it's it's story-related. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, just like all the lists that we always talk about. You yes, know, there's, yes. You know, yeah. I just didn't know they had this, like, secret sauce. And, oh, yes, truly innovative. Right. No, by... I, I think they just kind of, like, you know, I don't know, they probably had to get together and sat down and, like, okay, let's talk about innovative companies and... <laughs> <laughs> Who are we going to put at top and why? So, uh, yeah. All right. So that kind of maybe leads a little bit into my next one, All which right. is, you know, uh, I guess the headline was AI emotional intelligence. So here's my big question of the day. Are we coding our way out of being human? <laughs> So, that's so a good question. So th that's what you know got me really interested in this, and and I went down a little bit of a wormhole here about how AI is being used as a communication tool, mm -hmm. and in in this one article that I was reading, kind of centered on um, divorced parents or, or uh, families that are breaking up, right, right? Right. And I did not know this because I I, I don't have that right particular issue in my life will, right yeah. now, never will. Uh, but so there are apps out there. One of them is called. Our Family Wizard, which is a scheduling and communication tool for d divorce and co-parenting couples that launched way back in 20, 2001. Um, but what it does basically is it enables divorced parents to communicate to each other within the app. Mm. Now, within the app, they're starting to use AI, and one of it's called Tone Meter, which, which helps users refine their communications, if you will, before they hit send. So, right, right. you know, the, the use case would be, uh, you know, if an emotionally charged phrase is is detected in a message, right, before you would send it, uh, the AI kicks in and sets, you know, well, first off, it'll tell, it gives you like a little indicator of signal strength, you know, kind right, of a thing right, of how yeah. rude or I don't know what right. the right word is, but this is an aggressive tone. Yeah. This what, is an aggressive is tone, tone yeah. uh, that, you know, and then it makes a suggestion of how you might want to refine what right, you're saying right. in order to not be a, as aggressive or humiliating or upsetting. Right. You know, like if you were typing in, it's your fault that we were late. Right. <laughs> you know, as right, an example, exactly. it'll flag that as being aggressive and say, you know, well, maybe there's a better way that we can say this type of a thing. So, and then you come to find out that this is actually kind of everywhere right mm -hmm. now. AI is being used a lot. Apple is the is the largest major tech company to expand into this space. It's partway there with a three-year study uh, with UCLA launched in 2020. It establishes if iPhones and iWatches uh, and, and Apple Watches could detect and ultimately predict and intervene in cases of depression and mood disorders. So you know they're using it again understanding the speech, what is happening, those types right, of things. Right. Did not know this. Google's smart reply. Do you use Google uh, Gmail? 
I don't use Gmail, I, so I don't I, know this. I have Gmail. I don't really use it that often. It's not my priority. Well, apparently there's a Gmail smart reply. Right. Uh, and that suggests, it makes suggestions to you in real time. Right. You know, hey, do you want me to finish this sentence for you, yeah, basically? Yeah. Type um, of a thing. Outlook does that, too. Um, uh, a little bit. Because I, I use I still have Hotmail, but, you know, it's Outlook now. Mm-hmm. And and it does that, too, where you, it'll sometimes offer to finish a sentence or add in something for you. That's right. So but yes, Google so, takes it to a different level. So though. now we got this smart, con- smart, you know, whatever they call it, smart compose right that, right that is out there too so there's my three examples yeah if you will and and, it, and it's actually going even further into that so again i go back to my question is are we coding our way out of being human <laughs> so i don't know you know you, you you've got the one hand one extreme where you hear stories about china really controlling behavior right starting mm-hmm. to use technology mm-hmm. to control behavior visual analytics where people are uh, tapping into where they are on their phone and, and stuff like that, right, right? Right. Now you're using AI to refine speech uh, uh, along the way. So I, isn't it part of the human condition to kind of learn and interact with people? Uh, I don't know. It this is. is. This has really got me questioning, you know, is this... I don't know. Where does this go? I mean, yeah. at the end of the road, is everybody just homogenized and <laughs> we don't say anything unless it's very... It's 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 called by the AI to be right. acceptable. I I I, I, which, I by the see... way, AI can be gamed as we all well, know. Yes, it can right? be. Yeah, uh, yeah, you can you can make tweaks in the code behind it yep. to to. We've already learned that that you know companies are doing that in order to affect what they think is the right way to go. Right. So, right. so anyway, uh, your commentary, dear well, sir. <laughs> you're right. This is one of those things I'm like, I see both, sort of both sides of the I fence. do. I see the benefit and in I, that, and in I that don't, divorce app. Yeah, like I think they that ran was studies. And, and, it, was, and when it was talking about stuff like for mental health and, and folks that are struggling like with depression, 100%. You know, that anything that can gauge, you know, the way someone's feeling or reacting and maybe make suggestions about, hey, yep. maybe this is the time for you to reach out for help. You know, right. I, I, you know, we're monitoring your posts here and monitoring yep. what you're doing. Yep. It's time to reach out for help. Yep. Or maybe pinging someone that you've identified as someone who can reach out to you. Yep. I, I think there's a lot of benefit to that. I, to, you know, to your point, the co-parenting one, I think there's a lot of smart benefit to that too. And let's be honest, maybe we've we've reached this whole concept where this idea that we know we, we know that part of the problem of the internet is the the uh, the idea that people feel like they can be anonymous yes. and just say whatever they feel right. like that they would never say to someone in person that's right talk to people in a way that you that when we interact with each other personally mm-hmm. even when we are on different sides of a mm-hmm. uh, of a topic you typically or, would not do we just we don't engage that way in that's person right. i mean that's now granted right. it, 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 that that kind of culture has led to people being a little more antagonistic even in person than they mm-hmm. probably used to be mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. But we know in general, you know, you look at a comment board on anything, literally anything, <laughs> and there's somebody in there who is picking a fight out of it or making a big deal about it, you know, or right. screaming obscenities at people or whatever. I, I, I don't know, you know. So there's there's there definitely is some issues there that I guess if we had some sort of technology that could... But, but to my point there, though, is that does that really make any difference? Like, are you going to be able to stop someone from acting that way 
just because something pops up and says, I don't know. Hey, is it a good, cause the, uh, Twitter's I doing that now. I know like there's a thing they on Twitter, are. like when you, when you go to send a tweet and if it's a little, you know, like if you're like amped up, you know, and you throw mm-hmm. a curse in there or something, it might, you know, ping you and say, Hey, you know, you sure you want to use this kind of language? You oh, know? it does. Yeah. I didn't like, know. Okay. And, and I mean, granted, I don't, you know, I don't tweet it's, a lot. So and when I do, I'm not using, too. like, I'm, I'm not typically doing something <laughs> like that. And if I am, I'm like, but that's just, the if I traded away. Yeah, exactly. If I am. And if I'm like, you, you know, like if I'm doing it, it's because that's what I want to say. And I don't right? need Twitter to tell yeah. me that's not what I want to say. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, actually it is. I, but, you know, but I'm also someone who is not, I'm not intentionally going out there trying to harm others or yeah. disparage others. Yeah. You know, like I'm yeah. just expressing an opinion maybe about something that's, you know, annoying me. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know. It's like I said, I, I don't know the per, the people that, the people that we would want to potentially have their their attitudes changed by this are actually people that are going to change their attitudes. Or what actually might might be more pissed off than ever when you try to force when you try to force because they and they when I was reading this article it mentioned that about the whole co parenting thing that Mm -hmm. that some people simply won't react well to that there are going to be some some parents that like I mean I think they said a jerk is a jerk yes a jerk is a jerk and and they actually had examples in that hundred and thirty people whatever where a couple people tried to game the system you know they understood it look humans are pretty smart right they were trying to antagonize (laughs) their other like the other parent or whatever into saying bad things yeah, 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 yeah. yeah 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 So, you know, I don't know, but to me, it's just like, I, you know, it's just one of those things, I guess. And now I'm aware, I'm aware that AI is out there. Uh, I am a little bit worried about the homogenization. You know, I don't know that you can, I'll go to the extreme. Is it possible to code your way out of adversity? I mean, I think that I feel like that's what is trying to happen here, right? I mean, people are trying to, to mitigate that, but at the end of the road, I mean, that's the human condition is like. When you, I don't know. I go back I, I, to the school, the school you know, playground, and it's right. like the kids that act bad. You know, it's like everybody gets it, and they're like, "No, that's bad," and I'm not going to do that. Right? And, and those, right. I don't need AI. I see this example. This is bad. You know, I we know. know what's right and what's wrong. Right? I think in most general, people do in general. In general. Yes, we, we know what's right and what's yeah, wrong, yeah. and we choose to decide which side we're on there for the most part. You know. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I, I think there's something to this. I do. There's some, like but, anything. There's some benefits, just like social media. There's some benefits. You know, right. when it first came about, oh, this is going to change the world for the good, right? It's going to exactly. give people a voice, and oh boy. It, but you, <laughs> that's just it. You can like, go down Ooh. some dark paths eventually. Like when you get to the point where you're simply telling people, like, this is what you are and aren't allowed to say based on what they asked, or when you, I don't know, when you de-incentivize people. Like, okay, I'll give you an example here yeah. because. Black Mirror, the show Black Mirror, which oh, right. I, you still haven't watched it. No, I haven't. I watched it. You really need to watch this. Yeah. Like, sometime. I got no time for that. We but could, anyway, we could we literally could do like a series of episodes <laughs> just about Black Mirror and, and how how utterly relevant it is to to our society. Gotcha. But there was an episode that was all about social media and like a, a world that had been constructed around social media, basically being like the be all end all of who you were in existence. Mm. And there's you know it centers around this girl played by Bryce Dallas Howard who. You know, is it does the whole social media thing where every basically like every interaction you have, you get judged on, mm. and those that judgment, like people basically giving you thumbs up or stars or whatever, you know, and saying like, oh, you know, you were nice to me, thumbs up, you mm-hmm, know, or mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. oh, you were kind of a jerk, you know, down, you know, I'm gonna down, you this know, this is happening in China now, but go ahead, it, it is yeah. exactly, uh, it very much is. That was yeah. that was that was the whole thing when that thing came out when China started doing that, yeah. everyone's like, gotcha. oh, Black Mirror already yeah. already brought already this up, there. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so yeah, so there's this whole narrative about that, it, and it even like it does it affect, just like what China's trying to do. It even affects your social status. So, 
that's where like I can see something like this starting to go wrong, where mm-hmm. we say like, all right, well, mm-hmm. now we're deciding that whoever it is that decides to have volatile, uh-huh. you know, opinions or you know. And, and I'm not even saying like the opinions of like you know what clearly is or isn't the right thing to be saying or doing, but just if if it's someone decides that your tone can decide whether you are allowed to participate, right? In conversation, right. I mean, who's I don't to know. say that dashboard doesn't? Come, oh, John's comments are called by AI sixty percent of the time, right? So, right. Oh man, <laughs> you know he doesn't have nice things to say. You know, exactly. <laughs> the technology is always correcting him. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, and that might not work in the metaverse. Is that where we're going no. in the next one here, John? What you got going on here? So, I don't I see Wendyverse and I'm thinking to myself, metaverse, I but need I don't to, know. I need to pull up this clip I sent to you. Hang on a second. Oh, I know I okay. sent you something. Okay. So mm. here, here's why I pulled this article up for one thing. This was a, a snippet that came out of, um, there's a daily newsletter I get called While You Were Working um, okay. that... Um, Smart Brief puts out, and it's always like kind of like a compilation of stories throughout the day, ah. stuff that you may not have come a bit yeah. aware of or yeah, realized yeah, yeah, happened. Yeah. All right. Well, here was this headline. The Wendyverse opens in Meta's Horizon Worlds. Okay. Here's the little snippet that they gave of it. Wendy's created a virtual reality Wendyverse experience inside Meta's Horizon Worlds that can only be accessed by those who own an Oculus Quest 2 headset. <laughs> I read that and was like... All right, I kind of get what you're saying here. Yep, I don't. Yep, got it. I, I know what Meta is, and yep, yep. I, I get the Oculus, the Oculus, is, the know, virtual okay, reality. It. Got it. Mm-hmm. The next line is the one that just threw me for a loop. The experience's first phase offers a VR restaurant and a partnership plaza where users can use baconators to virtually play basketball in the Buck Biscuit Dome. <laughs> what is that gibberish? <laughs> that sounds like something my four-year-old. Would say to me, yes. when he's just making up random stories yes. one night. Yes, daddy, uh, daddy, I was in the VR restaurant, the Partnership Plaza, and I had a baconator, and I was playing basketball in virtual in the in the Buck Biscuit Dome. Like if he said that to me, I'd be like, all right, that checks out. That sounds like it <laughs> yeah. sounds like the kind of stuff. Was that, that in say. Roblox? Yeah, what was? Yeah, it? yeah exactly. Right? Yeah. Like, exactly. So, uh, so what the heck is going on? Has it already gotten that uber commercialized? I, I mean, we haven't even launched Metaverse, and now we've got these overly commercialized virtual environments where you're using so, baconators again. To, you, uh, one more time, you're using a Baconator to like, play. It's like a currency type thing. <laughs> oh, God. So they yeah, basically yeah, yeah, yeah. built this whole Wendyverse thing where mm-hmm. you can go and hang out virtually and have some fries and a Baconator and a Frosty, which just once again, this is where the whole Metaverse thing starts losing me. It's like <laughs> if I want a Baconator and fries and a Frosty, I want the real thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you don't want the virtual? No. Yeah, it's not going to really I do don't, anything I don't for feel you. like I get a lot of sustenance. <laughs> Out of that, I don't know. Yeah, but you could trade these baconators to for... play basketball in the Buck Biscuit yes, Dome. There it is. There it is. Now I'm I'm just going to freely. Somebody admit. at Wendy's feels that this is brilliant. Well, and, and and here's the thing: Wendy's has been like is a, Dave turning in his grave right I now? I don't know. Wendy's okay. Wendy's has been like a upfront, like way out in front of everybody else on social media. Like their Twitter oh, okay. account has always been one of the most hilarious accounts. They have no problem having fu- having all kinds of fun. They're okay. very, very smart marketing when it comes to modern marketing and social media. They get it in a way that a lot of other you know corporate chains and retailers don't. Mm-hmm. So I guess this is them kind of getting out in front of this too. And and but here's the thing: I'm going to freely admit, and we've talked about Meta enough times now in the metaverse and what all this means. I feel like this is going to be one of the first significant gaps in my technological. Yes. Era. 
Yes. Understanding. Yes. Like, I not, agree. Not something I don't understand. The generation behind Just, yes. you is going to be at a different exactly. level than One you are going to be. One of these days, I fully expect Miles probably to be sitting there <laughs> with his goggles on and telling me. In the Wendyverse. Yeah, in the Wendyverse. <laughs> hey, Dad, I'm checking. I'm hanging out in the Wendyverse. Would you want me to get you a Baconator and go play some ball in the Buck Biscuit Dome? That's right. I'll be like, what are you talking about? Sure thing. Sure thing, son. You know, like. When I, I was a boy, I, yeah. <laughs> when I was a boy, we just went to the McDonald's, to the Wendy's, or McDonald's down the street. Yeah, you know. played basketball outside. Played basketball on an actual oh, court. Oh man. Yeah. So I just, I, I fully admit, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to ever be on board with a lot of this. Is the yeah. first place where I'm going to yeah. be like, all right, I understand it, but it's just not for me. Yeah. It yeah. was not meant for me. It's not built for me. Right. I'm. I. I, I will though. be probably I mean, be on the outside looking in of this. Yeah. It wasn't, but but we're gamers. I mean, we, well, I'm not a gamer gamer, but we grew up, you That's know, true. in the gaming. So we understand a lot of this. It's just the whole idea of putting your entire world into that universe. That, yeah. to me, is the part that's like, it's like oil and water right now. Because right. the good thing about gaming, to me, is you can walk away from it, you know, yep. whatever, even back in the day. And a lot of people have trouble doing that. Well, clearly, yeah. Uh, so are we just continuing to enable I, that? I mean. I don't know. I, I don't know, but it's 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 an issue. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. So, All right, let's let's go pivot hang out in the Wendy's verse if you want. <laughs> let's pivot to a real world problem. All right, let's global tax. Uh, are you aware that uh, this global tax is a global minimum tax? I'm sorry. So so here's the problem, right? You got these large companies out there that are avoiding taxes due primarily to their locations. Uh, so the use case is. Somebody, you got a global international company doing lots of business, lots of profits. Right. They'll move their headquarters, air quotes there for those of you that can't see, uh, to uh, co- countries that have lower tax burdens, like Ireland. This is right. the whole run up to why Ireland now suddenly became right, the right. global headquarters of the top whatever. It was like how, um, isn't it, wasn't it, um, what city, in, isn't there a city in Connecticut that became like the haven for all the credit card companies? <laughs> yeah, and uh, like all for the insurance some companies went there or something yeah, like that. Like yeah, like it was just yeah. like the most friendly city for all these like financial companies. Oh, financial companies, yeah, 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 yeah. At yeah, some yeah. point, so, yeah. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah, where, so I guess it's that same idea. Where there's distortion. So yeah, so what, what the companies would do is they'll book their profits in those countries, right. even though they're doing business globally, right. so that they get a, a lower tax break. Or, uh, yeah, a tax break. So what that is, has done is created this kind of global race to the bottom is 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 the argument here where you just have countries that continue to lower their taxes right. and it's it's just a race to the bottom because at the end of the road now I'm tabling whether or not you feel taxes are good or bad. Let's just not get into that conversation. <laughs> just assuming for this argument, we'll call them a necessary evil. A necessary, thank you very much. And taxes are a necessary <laughs> evil. So if you have a race to the bottom, well, then the countries that you know have raced to the bottom, okay, yeah, they're now they've got these com- companies, but there's no tax coming in to do right, what it needs right. to do, like whatever. And so you have examples where Amazon. Who had has done billions in a particular country pays zero tax in that particular. I mean, I'm talking billions of, of right, economic right. activity, zero taxes. So the solution is what this global, uh, you know, global minimum tax refers to. And by the way, I guess they've got 136 com- countries signed into this. This idea of a of a 15 percent 
minimum tax that would go on there. If you listen to Janet Yellen, who's our Treasury Secretary, for decades the United States has participated in self-defeating international tax competition, lowering our corporate tax rates only to watch other nations lower theirs in response. The result is this global gain race to the bottom. No nation has won this race. So <laughs> there's this conglomerate of, of countries getting together. So I get it, and, and I'm not saying that it's necessarily a bad thing. It's got some pros and it's got some cons, right? You know, you're going to have now with the, some of the pros are you're reallocating those tax revenues. So if you have a minimum of 15%, this is good for those right, countries right. that weren't collecting or weren't able to, like the use case I just gave you where Amazon did billions of dollars. Right. But if you're able to tax on the on the economic um, activity that's happening in your country, that's a good thing, right? Yeah. So now you at least get 15% of that and you can put it towards your social programs or whatever it is uh, that it's going to be. They do make this argument that I was like, yeah, they say, well, individuals are now going to pay fewer taxes. So first off, when has the government ever said, oh, when, when, yeah. now that we're, corp we're taxing corporations at a higher rate, you can have some of your money back. So Theoretically, so, that's how it should work. It but should theoretically. Whether it will. Yeah. Never, ever. In my lifetime, it has never happened. Right, right. Uh, so I'm, I'm like, okay, that's not such so much of a pro. But, but you know, though, <clears throat> not to interrupt you there, yeah. my thing with that is more of, don't get me wrong, no, one, no one's going to complain about paying less taxes. But if you at least can tell me that someone else is paying their fair share, that's it, and that therefore all the stuff that we are paying into gets better and that's more right. robust and yeah. more accessible mm -hmm. because we're all paying our fair share, mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. fine with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't have to even you don't have to make me pay less as long as I know everyone else is paying what they're supposed to. Yeah, yeah. So you're bringing up uh, a, a, the classic term of loophole, right? Mm -hmm. That's yeah. how <laughs> that's how you, you get into this unfair practice, right? Where you and I might be paying what we're supposed to be paying, but somebody who's got the lawyers and the accountants right, can, right. can game the system. And, and again, that's one of the one of the cons, I guess, of this is that, you know, wherever there's tax, wherever there's money, there's always somebody out there trying to provide a way to get around some of those loopholes by creating loopholes. I'm right, sorry. Right, so right. it's it's not that that's not going to go away. Yeah. So I just thought it was intriguing. You know, when it came up, I'm like, hmm, maybe, maybe this is, you know, I, again, I see the pros and cons. I, I can definitely see, you know, you hear about how it's being abused with companies moving into countries just for the express purpose of doing right. that. And that doesn't seem fair, right? No, I mean, to the average person, it's like, come on, man. You just, you've got lawyers and accountants and you're gaming the system. Right, right. You know, yeah, I'm not. Whereas you and me can't do that. Can't you do know? that. Like, you know, so we all need to be on a, on a fair If I tried to, so I'd maybe, probably get audited and, you know, thrown in jail. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we do need this kind of global minimum tax. Again, I'm not a tax kind of guy, but, but you know, anyway. So it just well, it, it caught my eye. I fancy. thought the most alarming stat that I saw in this little snippet you sent over to me was, for context, corporate tax revenue will account for about 7% of the U.S. government's federal tax receipts this year. Yep. 7%. Mm-hmm. That's alarmingly Pretty, low. Isn't that kind of low? Yeah. <laughs> I would like. I mean, I, I mean honestly, it probably is, should be closer to half, frankly. But even like twenty five percent seems like a little bit more reasonable, you know? Like, because yeah. again, we are talking about corporations that break in billions upon billions That's and right. millions of dollars, yeah. and we're we're barely getting anything out of them, and yeah. everything else is well, because if it's not coming from the corporate tax revenue, then that means the other ninety three percent, a significant chunk of that's coming from people like you yeah, and me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's like it's, it's so anyway, it gets into the whole argument of where do those dollars then go and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, it's I don't know, call it the fairness doctrine. You know, you just want right, fairness. Right. It's only seven percent, and we're paying. 
I mean, the average citizen's got to be in the 20 to 30% range on individual taxes. So, yeah, yeah, you know, tax is always a hot item. But, you know, if you weren't aware that the global minimum tax, it's one of those stories that was kind of kind of buried a little bit. It, I do remember seeing you know, it like, when it, when it hey, came along. Hey, this is a big deal. But yeah, but we didn't, no one seemed like they were talking <laughs> about like, it very much. Oh, we're I'm just like, moving forward with this. I'm like, whoa, hold on there. So that's kind of important. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So, All right. anyway. Let's wrap up here with uh, the America's Best Cities for oh. Remote Workers. Oh. So this was an article from Ownerly.com, and basically they did a ranking of the best cities for remote workers to actually be working in. Okay, of. fair enough. Now, I'm intrigued. Um, as, as always, because you always like to know what's the criteria here. <laughs> Uh, so, and again, the criteria, some of it's maybe a little dubious, but basically they looked at things like, um, rent and housing prices makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, the cost of living Mm -hmm. safety data, which we know from the last episode we did is that's a dubious stat to figure out exactly what that means. (laughs) The, uh, level of broadband and free Wi-Fi coverage. Ooh, oh, that's that makes interesting. Sense okay, so obviously, oh, if, so if you're remote, you could bounce around. Yeah, right? exactly. Okay, now, it, I it. guess that's just it because when I think of remote work, I think of like what we're doing right now when we're not here yeah. doing podcasts yeah. or whatever. We're not at our at home. Desk. Yeah, we're not exactly. at a desk in a in an office. Right, right. we're just at home. You know, yeah, right. but I guess you know, remote work. Obviously, the whole idea behind remote work is it can happen anywhere. So mm-hmm. if you could do it out in some random location, or you know a um, you know, a, a, an office building or in a park or, you know, in a Starbucks or whatever, mm-hmm. if there's, if Got there's it. access to free Wi-Fi. I, I'm, that, I'm that good so sense. far. So, yeah. so um, it says, beside expanding our list of cities by nearly 50% from the 2021 best Zoom towns, as they refer to this list, <laughs> uh, we also added new metrics that include the cost and availability of childcare, restaurants, and co-working spaces. All right. Again, I, I think most of this is actually a pretty good All list, right. too. I'm so, good. I'm good. Uh, so the number one on their list was Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Oh, is this, and, okay. And they they did point out like it seems odd that you know a um, the the heart of one of the largest Amish Amish populations in the U.S. <laughs> would be a top pick for remote workers, but apparently they offer plenty of free Wi-Fi and assortment of broadband providers and several options for co-working spaces. Uh, the city is among the safest they surveyed, with median home prices are lower than average among northeastern states. It was also noted that in this list. Almost all of them were Midwest and Northeastern cities. I love that. The part West of this. really yes. didn't fit in because the cost of living cost is of so living high. ridiculous. Even though it's a beautiful place, I- exactly. So, like, I think Cheyenne, Cheyenne was it Cheyenne, Wyoming? I think was the only like one far even west. Close. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it was the farthest west that even showed up in the list. Yeah. Um, but um, just for you know, for our purposes here, uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, does show up on the list as number nine. Hey, we will um, take that. The largest city to make the top ten. Cincinnati sits on the Ohio. Nice. Blah, blah. Um, for some reason, they decided to call out that you know the Reds and the Bengals are here. I don't know if that really has anything to do with remote work. <laughs> hey, come on, man. But, it's I mean, a quality of life. Well, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. But it says for remote workers, Cincinnati has free Wi-Fi in a large number of areas and offers an abundance of green space to, to an easy walking distance for a city its size. Uh, while it has the highest median rent among top Zoom towns, if you want amenities, a large city provides such as concerts, theaters, and a great way, yeah, variety right. of places to eat. Cincinnati may be the town. So I guess they're kind there of presenting this more of the option of like, hey, if you want to re- re- work remotely and have a cool town to do it in, you can pick one of these towns to potentially yeah. do it. In. It does yeah. Because right. in my mind, I think of Cincinnati as like, all right. It, it, it's a great remote work town because no one wants to go into Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's changing a little bit. You know, a little bit. Yeah. Into town. Well, I mean, There's like, a lot of great I mean, the whole. I, no, I know. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying, like, we've talked about before. Like, I think when we, you know, first got into the whole pandemic thing or whatever, working home is like that. 
the you know the the traffic to get oh, in and out yes, of, of, I gotcha. of our big city here yes, nearby yes, is yes, 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 very yes. problematic and very right. difficult on the best of days. Right. And the idea of being able to work remotely has to has to be yes. very beneficial yes. for a lot of people that might w- normally work in Cincinnati, uh, knowing absolutely. that you don't have to go there. That's a really so, good point. So, you know, I thought of that as like as what makes a good remote work town is one that like, you know, you know, you, you're avoiding a lot of problems by being able to work remotely. But so, yeah. so the rest, uh, let's see the, so the top 10, we had Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Dalton, Georgia, a town I've never heard <laughs> Dalton, of. Dalton, Georgia. Yeah. That used to be a carpet town, I uh, think, right? Yeah, it, it That's is. Yeah. It says all the carpet. It says the carpet capital. Oh, there you go. Yeah. 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 Uh, McAllen, Texas, right. Topeka, Kansas, Ooh, geez, Topeka. Rochester, New York, Rochester. That's up there. Uh, yep. mm-hmm. Lincoln, Nebraska, Cheyenne, Wyoming, I mentioned was the farthest oh, west. Oh, okay. There you go. The mm-hmm. Williamsport, Pennsylvania is a lovely little Beautiful town. town. Beautiful uh, town. Cincinnati was number nine, yep. and number 10 was Kingston, New York. Okay, so. there you go. See, uh, now that's <clears throat> that gives me hope here, right? Because I do think populations are changing. They are, uh, yeah. The only, the only bad part about most of these cities is that, you know, the weather kind of stinks for a couple months <laughs> out of the year yeah. if you can get over the whole. But if you're working from home and you're at home and you're in your home, right? If, who doesn't like working? Well, and again, if, nice there's flexibility, like if there's flexibility, if there's flexibility for your work, remote working if they're basically saying like hey you know there's a lot of different options for where you can work remotely within these towns and i you know i will be interested to hear more as as this develops and it's already been but i'm sure i'm sure it's going to keep growing because you know we the whole remote work hybrid work thing is here to stay is the whole idea of the co-working spaces Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. people you know you know kind of renting out spaces where maybe they have a little a little office for themselves Mm -hmm. in a you know in a building that has you know, I don't know, five or six offices that various people can rent out just to do their remote work. You know, it's not for a single company. It's just, you know, an individual, like if you need to have your own separate office that's not at home or something, you have a space that you can rent out for. I'll be interested to see if more of that, you know, how that takes off, if there's going to be more and more opportunities for people to do that kind of thing, to have their own little spaces somewhere. Potentially, yeah. I mean, there was a company, WeWork or something like that, that that kind of specialized in that. Right. They had some issues. But maybe we'll start seeing that pop up here in this gem that we already know, (laughs) that is uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, to facilitate that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, that validates that. It does. Exactly. So good good place for remote work right here. Yes, absolutely. All right. Hey, that does it for our tech bike. Um, before we get to uh, our What's Tech Connecting segment, I want to, as always, thank our Tech Connect sponsors. We appreciate your support of the show. We could not do this without you. It's a growing you. list of sponsors. It is. That's so why I'm actually not going to keep rattling them off because I'm going to lose <laughs> track of who's who we and who's, who's sponsoring. So thank you so much for sponsoring the show. We appreciate you. Uh, as always, if you like the show, uh, one, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe to our channel so you don't miss out on uh, new episodes as well as our cooking show and all the other cool videos, unboxed videos, the great thing that we're doing on our YouTube channel right now. Yep. Uh, if you are listening to the audio version, any way that you can like us, leave a review for us, please do that, especially on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and review. It's a great way to get the word out about the show and let us know what you think of it. We want to yeah. hear from you. Yeah. Uh, and, and, of course, if you have uh, ideas you want to submit to us, um, check out the link in the show notes. Um, you can uh, submit an idea to us. And just for submitting an idea, I will send you a Tech Connect podcast T-shirt. There you go. We have a cool T-shirt just for giving us an idea. Even if we don't end up using it, we'll still send you a T-shirt. So and we've had a couple no good ideas we, lately. We have. We've, so, had yeah. some, we've had some great ones, and uh, we've had a few episodes around those. So please send those ideas into us. We want to hear from you what you want to hear about on the show. And as always, if you want to connect with us, you can find us on Twitter at TechConnectPod or also email us techconnect at bluestarinc.com. 
All right, let's wrap up. Normally, we have our value to the VAR segment yep. here. Uh, any? Are there any takeaways from any of these stories know, that really relate to? I mean, other than again, just good water cooler talk. Just good water cooler talk here. Yeah. I, you know, I was I was thinking about that a little bit. That maybe on my next tech bites, I'll start attaching it back to our industry stuff like that. But uh, yeah, no, just uh, some awareness on what's happening on the AI side. It yeah. didn't know this thousand talents plan was out there. <laughs> and good God, the Wendyverse. I mean, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's that's that's. Maybe <laughs> we're just going to have to keep talking about this metaverse thing until we get it worked out. I, I yeah, we might be talking for a long time <laughs> before, before, before we figure out that and NFTs. That's the two things I think. Those we, two. Things. Those are the two things I think we are never going to quite figure out. And yeah. I'm kind of okay with that, maybe well, for now at least. Yeah. You know what? It was going to be hysterical. Or ten years from now, when, when we we're come back and listen pod- to these, because we're and we're podcasting from the metaverse at the time. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> when it's just digital avatars of you and me, yeah, yeah, yeah except they'll yeah, be yeah. younger and sexier. But maybe we can. Oh wow! Yeah. But maybe we can wipe <laughs> out these episodes so we seem smarter ten <laughs> <Yeah>. years from now. <laughs> Pay no attention to the episodes behind the curtain. Yes, exactly. That's right. Uh, okay, so uh, let's wrap up then with what's yep. tech connecting with you. This is our favorite segment where we get to talk about something in the world of science, tech, innovation, entertainment, or whatever that is. That's our right. That's right. Dean, what is tech connecting with you? Well, this week? I got two of them for you. Okay. Uh, space perspective. So you know I. I was I gave you the recently I I teased and tantalized you about going up into space on uh, on virgins I think right you right, know, right. It was, unfortunately it was four hundred thousand four hundred fifty thousand yeah, yeah. dollar ticket that none of us had okay how about a balloon would you consider going up in a balloon up into space uh, for no uh, okay well <laughs> no I'm just gonna say no space perspective is the company that is doing this but John hold on now these tickets are only hundred and twenty five thousand oh, dollars a piece okay oh, well. so we're getting a little closer to yeah, reality here sure but by the way they've sold 600 tickets on this thing already so what is it okay it's a balloon it's a balloon with a little whatever you want i to assume call this it is like it. low earth orbit kind of thing oh yes okay so it, it only goes 20 miles up into up into okay. whatever so it doesn't go as high the virgin <clears throat> galactic that we we're talking about that goes 50 miles right, over right. out uh blue origin uh which goes up it crosses the carmen line of right. 62 miles uh above sea level. So, you know, yeah, you're on the edge of space. They claim that you're above 99% of the Earth's atmosphere and you can see the darkness of space. So you're really close. And this pod that you're in is really flipping cool because it's like it's very space age. The windows are five feet tall. So you can literally sit there and I imagine you're probably spending a little bit. I don't know. I'm going to assume this is a little more secure than your standard hot air balloon. Yeah. Because frankly, (laughs) that's kind of terrifying me. (laughs) Like it's got a, a built-in parachute, if like the balloon or something yeah, like yeah. that. Like, like, or yeah, yeah. Like, or or you're not going to accidentally just randomly drift off into a power line somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you're 20 miles up. I don't think. Oh, you're saying on the ascend. Okay. Well, now here's <laughs> or, the uh, or crash into a satellite. Before yeah. you say no, for, okay. for your $125,000, which we talked about, you know, the, the competition, you're only up in space for like seconds or like right, a couple right, minutes. Right. Okay. Well, for this, you get it's a two-hour ascend. You're two hours floating, or what they call gliding, and then a two-hour return. So for that, you actually get a six-hour experience. <clears throat> Maybe. Uh, I mean, okay, you know. It's, uh, okay, get I back to me when it's $125. <laughs> then you'll go up. Then I'll be happy to down. give it a whirl. All right, yeah. the last big thing that I saw there, the Hydra Market, which is the dark web's largest online marketplace for illicit goods and services, Shut down by Germany and in oh, the wow. U.S. Did you hear about I did this? Not. 
Uh, Hydra Market, again, it's the world's an o- largest and oldest dark net marketplace of illegal items and services. Just recently was seized and shut down by German authorities in coordination with the U.S. law. This is pretty big. I mean, you know, they went in, they took down all the servers. I, I don't live in the dark world, the dark <laughs> web, so I don't know. But, you know, they, they talk about it. It was used primarily in Russian-speaking countries uh, last year, accounted for 80% of all darknet market-related uh, cryptocurrency transactions So wow. in the crypto world. Um, so anyway, it, it shut it down. So I'm like, hmm, that's pretty interesting, I guess local not local national authorities are getting into the world of shutting down some of this right, dark web right. stuff which i mean if you dig into it there's a lot of bad stuff that happened i mean you're oh, selling yeah. cocaine and narcotics right, right, and right. people and i mean everything is sold right there right. and the biggest market was shut down interesting yeah. did not know that did not either there you go that's tech connecting with me what's up with you all right so i'm gonna actually i'm gonna revisit a tech connecting that i gave Ooh. maybe a year or two back you got or like so. an update or something like well, that. well it, it's a it's a science fiction series called raised by wolves yes i remember, you remember talking me talking about about oh yeah this. absolutely so this is an hbo max uh series it was it was straight to hbo max not okay. on a standard hbo platform and when I called it out before, I think I was maybe halfway through the first season at the time. Okay. Well, a second season has been released since, and I've watched all of it. It is the most innovative but also insane science fiction series I have seen in a Whoa. very long time. Innovative and insane. Well, so, I mean, look, we exist in a world where almost everything is built off of existing IP now. Yeah. It's hard to find, oh, right. especially in the world of yes. science fiction, content that isn't something that pre-existed. You know, there's yes. the Star Treks and the Star yes. Wars, obviously. I gotcha, like, I gotcha. But, you know, we, you know, even Dune, which was the biggest sci-fi film of the last year, was obviously based on, you know, a, a decades-old book. Mm-hmm. Um so you know, there's 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 not as much opportunity to find unique new science fiction that is not already based on something that's pre-existing, and this definitely qualifies. But it's also just a crazy show that is ho- so hard to explain. And, and I'll, a very brief synopsis of it is: it, it takes place in a future I don't know how far off, where most of Earth seems pretty devastated, mm-hmm. and we have left Earth because there's been a epic religious war that has happened between a an atheist faction and this group called the Mithraics who I, you know, who, you know, worship a God called soul or something. Okay. All right. And they, you know, the, the atheists sent some androids who they've used for their battles and fighting or whatever off to another planet. These two androids that refer to themselves as mother and father. Okay. They go to another planet, Kepler 22 B, I think. Uh huh. And to, to, and, and take a bunch of embryos with them, okay. human embryos. All right. To start raising these new children. Interesting. On this planet, you know, away from everything else. But the Mithraics end up showing up there also. Mm. Most of the children don't actually even survive the harsh winter and mm. stuff that's going on. And that's, I'm telling you this, that is like the first couple episodes <laughs> is, is, is just that storyline part of it alone. Uh-huh, uh-huh. By the end of the first season, you're getting and and I'm uh, this may sound like I'm giving spoilers, but there's so much that's happening in this show, mm-hmm. and it, the the joy of it is just trying to watch it and understand how and it understand all what together. yeah exactly. There's a there's a a, a a one of the androids gives birth to a baby snake god type thing. What there are strange, like genetically modified I, within it. There okay. are strange like zombie werewolf type creatures on this planet. There are giant holes that go to the either end of the planet. The oceans are made of acid, and there are creatures that live in those oceans. Oh, 
Uh, during the second season, somebody gets turned into a living tree. The whole religious allegory takes Group. on entirely different dimensions. There is an AI that is telling people how to, you know, what to do on this planet. Oh, hey, that there sounds familiar. Strange, yeah, there are strange signals and voices that people are may or may hearing. not be hearing. There is so much that is going on in this show. And there are many times, especially the end of the first season, where I went, I don't know that I want to do this. Right? I'm not this quite is sure exhausting. I understand what's happening here. <laughs> second season came back, and I don't know if it's been renewed for a third yet. And I, and I, I loved the second season, but there's just, it's so packed full of so many different kinds of interesting ideas and uh-huh, thoughts uh-huh. and and innovative you know, it, it is it's truly innovation it is unlike anything I've seen on TV in a long time uh-huh. um, Ridley Scott I mentioned I, when I talked yep. about it before was, right. is the executive producer and he directed the first few episodes so they mm. definitely have his style Touch. and flair mm-hmm. and, and, and yeah. look but it's, it's a very it's a very good show and, and, if, and if what I've said you know didn't turn you off I highly recommend checking it out. It, 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 but, it, but it is definitely a show that you really need to pay attention to and watch. Yes. Because it's very dense. Maybe even take notes. Yeah, and there's a lot of idea, there's a lot of high ideas and just and, and again, if I if you if you think like, well, he just spoiled a lot of the show for me, trust me. Not even there is so the much surface? stuff that you will not even have that I've forgotten about. Gotcha. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. And that yeah. happened too. Yeah, there was a weaponized mouse in one episode. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just it, I, so I, I highly recommend it if you're if you're looking for something what's new, it on again it's HBO Max HBO Max so Got if you're it, looking yeah, for yeah. something new in the world of science fiction that is there not the not the normal type science sci-fi that you've normally might mm-hmm, watch mm-hmm. highly recommend Raised by Wolves it's it's a very intriguing show nice so. nice nice alright hey that does it for us uh, uh, as always we appreciate hey they got water watching. cooler topics now. that's right you've got some water cooler topics um, you can go have some Baconators in the Buck Biscuit <laughs> dome while playing basketball please not it's like some sally's you know sea sea snails by the seashore stuff yeah, on there yeah, yeah. basketball with baconators and the buck biscuit dome <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for watching everybody until next time please stay connected podcast is brought to you by elo Looking to meet the needs of both hospitality and retail customers and their employees, as well as their busy on-the-go customers? Introducing the new ELO M60 Pay, a mobile POS computer designed to support everyday business. It's rugged, enterprise-grade, all-in-one device, 6-inch HD touch display, Android 10 OS, Qualcomm Snapdragon 660 octa-core processor. What? Sounds like something out of a James Bond movie. Right? And all of the requisite connectivity options. Bomb. Uh, now, Dean, you and I are both fans of paying where, when, yes. and we want. We love On demand, right? Our phones, our watches, maybe a credit card if we feel like it. 100%. Uh, well, that really puts the M60 above other mobile computers for productivity is that it offers a integrated payment capabilities to speed customers along wherever they are. Beautiful. Uh, love it's it. It's equipped for dip, tap, and swipe. That always sounds Wait. like a TikTok dance. <laughs> Doesn't it? Can you say that again? Dip, can tap, do, and swipe? Can you do the dip? Can you do the tap? <laughs> can you do the swipe? No, I'm not on TikTok, but go Let's, ahead. Uh, maybe we'll, I'll shoot my very first TikTok video, and I'll just be us doing Fair our enough. version of whatever we think dip, tap, and swipe. With the M60. With the M60, yes. <laughs> You'll be like, no, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, don't no, do no, we're that. We're good. We're yeah. good. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. We're good. We don't need to go viral like that. Uh, so that means that it accepts EMV cards with chips, NFC contactless payments for cards or mobile devices, and the traditional mag stripes as well. I mean, mag stripes, right. whatever. It's so whatever. 2000s. Yeah. He's, he's using mag stripes. You still got it again. Yeah. I guess.
guess they're there for a reason. Yeah. Uh, perfect for tableside service, line busting, curbside pickup, anywhere your customers need to accept payments. So to learn more about this amazing new device, you're going to be hearing more about this. Oh, yeah. Uh, in, in some of our other uh, entertainment works as well. Yes. Check out the link in the show notes or contact the Blue Star ELO team. Dean, we just spent an entire episode talking about robotics. Yes, we did. Uh, mostly in the world of warehousing and distribution. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if your customers aren't quite ready for that leap yet, something that you can do right now is to help them update their mobile technology. Absolutely. So worldwide, there are approximately 15 million mobile devices using the Windows operating system in warehouses with an estimated sales potential of $2 billion U.S. Wait, $2 billion? $2 billion. That's a go. lot of money mm-hmm. in a lot of devices, uh, many of which are probably Zebra. But let's be honest, you know, we know that, Z- that Windows is kind of on its way out. Yes, a little bit. We've been uh, talking so, about that. Migration. Exactly. Yes. So shifting warehouses from Zebra legacy devices to modern Zebra Android mobile uh-huh. technology represents a large business opportunity for Zebra and our channel partners. It is ongoing, no doubt. Uh, This outdated technology means that your warehouse customers won't be able to keep up with changes like the e-commerce boom, Mm same-day delivery expectations, labor shortages, and, of course, Microsoft's end of support for enterprise window devices. I mean, come on. Let's go. It is. It's time. Come on. It's time. I, I know, again, we always talk about being Apple guys, but we know in this space, yeah. Android, Android rules. Android is mm-hmm. uh, Let Zebra help you modernize, migrate, and retain your warehouse business with swift, smooth Android devices. I love the setup. Yeah. Swift, Very smooth nice. Android yes. devices. Uh, ch- check out the link in the show notes or contact your Blue Star Zebra representative to learn more. 